Hello and welcome to the brand new FAA World Rallycross Championship official podcast. We're here to keep all you World RX fans bang up to date with all the latest RX info. Now if you're new to RX, don't worry, you'll soon fall in love with it. If you're a devoted fan, we're going to give you some lovely behind-the-scenes gossip and feature interviews with the stars of the show. And if you're a massive geek, uh, the fellas sitting around the table near me are full of stats, facts and a load of info you never thought you needed to know. Before we get started, I'm World RX reporter Neil Cole, and joining me to kick off the show is RX commentator Andrew Coley and racing car driver, builder, connoisseur, raconteur, sommelier, and most of all, championship winner Andrew Jordan. What a CV. Gents, let's start with the French race winner. Let's start with the fact that I don't know what half those words mean. Let's you, start you, you with you the French. Did the producer write it? <laughs> let's start with the French race winner. So, the Andrews uh, sitting next to me. Uh, just to let you know, we're in Loyac. Uh, everything's packed up over in the paddock. We're sitting between the production truck, known as the Bird Killer, uh, some portaloos, and the satellite generator. Uh, we're by the portaloos just in case uh, Andrew Co- Coley has to make an emergency exit. <laughs> the glamour of television. Everybody gets so jealous when we go away working on the International World Rallycross Championship. Uh, but reality. Yeah. So, but it's nice. It's mellow. What a great day for Johan Christofferson. Yesterday, for me, kind of flew under the radar quite a little bit, and um, I think he was ninth and thirteenth in, in two of the qualifiers. And then today, it rained obviously in, in practice, and, and was on it from the get go. He said they changed the car a little bit and, and got it where he wanted, and, and today he was, he was unbeatable. So um, he's deserved it, though. In fairness to him, you know, in the final, it all kicked off a little bit behind him, but he, he was the quickest guy today, and he's been quick. All year, he's just been a bit luck- unlucky. So, you know, super I, I unlucky. Thought, I thought yeah. he re- really, really deserved it. Portugal, he looked like he was on for it until Petra and him had a coming together at the exit. Of the Joker, you know, Hockenheim, that amazing semi-final where he got punctured when he was leading and and almost did the hero drive and held on to it, backed everyone in, and we we got that mega race. But he's threatened it, and every time, you know, we were saying in the TV shows, oh, Christofferson's going to do it, Christofferson, and every time he didn't do it, something else came up. The relief when they got that podium in Canada was was massive. You could see for, him, for his dad, for the team, for everyone, and then to come around and get the win the, the, the following week, but it, it was in some style, and talking to him after the, the press conference, you know, I asked him about the, the start, because me and Andrew uh, Jordan noticed that it's, it's got a different uh, wah, engine note, much How's more like so, wah. How did it used to go? Pretty much, but but much more like Solberg's. We, we people are developing the starts. So we thought there'd been some changes, but there's been a change to the settings as well. So they didn't have it yesterday. It rained today. The car came to him a bit, but also you know when it dried up, the car was still really really good. So I said, you know, do you think it's going to work for the next few events? We've got three events in five weeks, and he was full of confidence. So he said, oh, extra one, three in a row. Why not? Now. Baccarat, uh, incredible performance from him this weekend, but um, quite strong words in my interview with him in the live show at the end of the race before the podium. Um, let's have a listen to what he said. Nobody does overtakes like I do, and uh, I, I can take him twice, I can take him three, like, keep on coming, it was hard with me in the semi, it was hard with me in the final. Hey, I'm going to take back. <laughs> so what is that about? 
look, there's a rivalry between him and Solberg. Clearly, you know, Solberg is the established star in Norway, backwards the rising star. They, they, you know, there's no two ways about that. They're fighting for the same publicity, if you like, but they're also fighting for the same championship. You know, he's a young guy who's coming up, and he's, he's just saying, I'm, you know, I don't mind who you are. You knock yourself out. I'm still going to have a crack at repassing you. As he said, I'll pass you left, pass you right, you know, whatever it was he, he said. And I think, too, you know, he said he's been having some mental coaching, too, about his approach. It's a, it's a very confident outlook, but sometimes that can work, Asia. It is, and, you know, you can you can be like that, but you've got to back it up with results, and he does. Um, but, you know, it was, it was pretty punchy, and the racing was pretty punchy from, from both of them. You know, we, we only see a little bit of what goes on because some of the stuff you don't pick up on TV, and, and some of it might just be a little rub in the back that you don't pick up but still can be quite irritating. But the funny thing for me was actually the question. That was the most interesting thing I, I found um, in the interview from you, Neil. Andreas Backward, in every sense of the word, you're so hot right now. <laughs> he was really hot. <laughs> anyway, I knew I was going to get stick for that. Uh, moving on, uh, Sebastian Loeb, his home event. Uh, he's got to be one of the reasons why there were so many more fans here this year. But lesson learned. I mean, he kind of got schooled in rallycross and, and passed pretty well. So Loeb's come from a rally background on your own against the clock, goes and does touring cars, comes back to rallycross. So you kind of stick it all in together. AJ, you started with rallycross and that kind of rough and tumble. Yeah, British touring cars is, is pretty similar from a contact point of view, but I'd say this is this is harder. And today there, there was hard contact, but Loeb said himself hard but fair. But yeah, he, he gave as good as he got. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think one of the hardest things to learn is the racecraft and this racecraft compared to all touring car racecraft is completely different in my view so up until now I think he's been pretty clean and, and even Kenneth said up until now he'd been backing out of um, in his interview been backing out of places whether that was just to keep getting good um, qualifying times you don't want to fight too much but I, I said to you didn't I that he, you know, he'd rolled his sleeves up and he got stuck in and, and in this sport you even just to, to, to maintain your position you've got to do that so if you want any chance of, of making forward um position gains certainly around a circle like this you need to get stuck in and, and he did and that's something you know we're talking about Sebastian Loeb that's that's won so much in, in motorsport but he's still learning this sport you know you you and I think it's credit to the sport and, and to the championship that he hasn't come in and dominated you know he is still learning things I'm sure the top guys are still learning things you never stop learning so you know today we saw him getting stuck in and I think it was good to see and, and yeah he said it was fair after that's probably because he was dishing some of it out but <laughs> you know I think it, it was good to see and um, he had said himself he was disappointed with some of his drives in the wet this morning but the pace is there at the minute he hasn't yet strung four qualifiers together I wouldn't say as much as he'd probably hope and as much as some of the other guys has but I'm sure he. Will, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get a win come end of the season. Well Sebastian Loeb on the rise but there really was only one person that shone properly today, and it was Johan Christofferson. So, Johan, as the team start to disassemble the garage here in Loyak, you've had a couple of hours to sink into the fact that you've got your first win of the year. H how does it feel now, thinking back to that final? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, very, very good. I'm so pleased. And the team have been working so hard and just to come back from the day we had yesterday, I and mean, we was P10, uh, and we was really fighting yesterday evening to find uh, some more speed. And this morning when we wake up, it was quite damp outside, and, and it started to rain before the first heat. So, and we proved before that we are very, very quick in the rain. Uh, both me and the car is, is uh, yeah, good in the rain. So Q3 was very good, and I was able to do a good start in Q4. It was a bit more dry, and it was on dry tires. 
uh, but still I was able to to beat uh, both Matthias and Peter. Uh, quite good, quite good gap as well. So I was very very good. Uh, the car was handling perfect, uh, and uh, yeah, from there we was. I have to admit that when it started to dry up, I was a bit afraid that that we will uh, lose it again against the others because there was some really quick guys yesterday. But uh, we really improved the car uh, also in the dry. So uh, uh, just big thanks to the team because the the car was really smooth uh, to drive uh, during the whole day today and really good to to come back uh, instead of to be like we have been before a few races uh, both last year and, and definitely this year we've been in the position to win after uh, the heats especially in Hullius last time we was uh, top qualifier um, but now we came from the back uh, and was able to win so that was really great. So picking up on that two things of course you were super quick in the dry this afternoon as well as in the wet and you've been quick in the dry many times this year so it's not just the wet um, so first of all why why do you think something switched today in the wet and then did you carry that through or did it yeah both uh, we we brought the momentum that we we build up in the wet uh, but for sure also we improved the car mm-hmm. uh, we really we, we've done some changes to the car uh, during the night and it really helped uh, it was a very good change what was uh, the change what did you do uh, it's setup wise uh, on the car uh, gear ratios, revs. What, no, what? no, just the balance, balance-wise okay. uh, on the car, uh, which just uh, let me be able to push much harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I had to be a bit more conservative, uh, but now I could just head down and really push into the corners, uh, and that was the big help. So uh, yeah, that really helped, and we we also done yeah we did some some changes on the diff side as well, and it really helped out from the corner. So yeah, fantastic, really really great, and it feels so good to to be able to pay back to the team when they are working so hard uh, with this victory. Yeah, they do work. We watch these guys work hard all year. But when you say yesterday you were really fighting, uh, how does that feel, and how when, how do you know which things to change? From a driver's point of view, because I know you're mechanically minded and you win a lot in you know pretty much anything you get into. How do you know what to change and what's you? What's the car? Uh, we analyze a lot, and I have a, a small team around me which is really pushing for me, and they really believe in me, uh, and they are very very good, uh, and and we know each other so well. So uh, even what I say and what I do with the car, uh, I have my wishes what to do uh, and they they can really they just watch me and they see okay he's happy he's not happy so uh, and they are working really flat out and I know that they was working uh, all the way until three o'clock this night and not only the mechanically wise they were sitting down with all the data watching and and yeah they put a lot of hours uh, even also between the races to to give me the best car they can give uh, and now they really yeah, put everything together and and when you finish uh, a race a hit the the my Lorod, my engineer always say what is the limiting factor to go quicker and today at, at three of the four hits i said the, the car is spot on i cannot even wish for anything more it's it's just spot on so i mean that's perfect there was a, there seemed to be a slight miscommunication though because when i spoke to you at the end of uh, um, the semi and they'd been telling you to push, but you were way quicker than Petter. Did you get to the bottom of why they'd made you push? Because, of course, you don't want to take any unnecessary risks. Yeah, I was hit four. Uh, they hit pushed four, me, yeah. and it was because of that Petter had two jokers. Yeah. Uh, so right. he, he did one joker, and they, 
they before the the last lap they pushed me really hard and I didn't get the third lap and they were I think they didn't have in mind that that Petter was doing two jokers so uh, that's why I think but but also they they want to I mean they are really want to win and they they push me as much as they can and uh, and sometimes I, I told them to tell them to not uh, talk so much on the radio but in the semi-final today they was really okay push push come on push and I'm always pushing as much as I can but uh, Today, where they was really on me, and I, I told them on the radio, "Be quiet, be quiet." And in Sweden, it's "tyst, tyst," only one word, and and they con continued to talk to me. And then I said, "Not so much radio now for the final." And he said, "Yeah, but you was talking in the in the semi-final." Yeah, I told you to be quiet, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was really good. So luckily, we've only got less than two weeks now until we'll be in Spain. Is it easy for you to hang on to that feeling? The knowing exactly what you should do so you get into the car like a glove again? Yeah, I think so. And definitely when we go to Barcelona, because last year we had a bit of a turnaround there last year. We was P4 here last year uh, and we went to Barcelona and the car was okay. Now this is how it should feel. And we did massively changes uh, last year until Barcelona. It was at the time when we start to work with my engineer, where I have now. So uh, yeah, it's it's really it's great uh, to, to come to Barcelona with this victory in the back. Uh, and I'm just waiting already to, to get out and, and drive in front of the, the crowd from, from Barcelona on this really nice track as well. And, and the facilities in, in Barcelona, I like it a lot. So I'm really looking forward. Well, it was great to see you win. Is there a word in Swedish that can describe how you're feeling right now after your first win of the year? Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's uh, fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. So it's the same. So yeah, that's how I feel. Johan. Taxi maker, and we'll see you in Spain. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Sober's going to try and pass back with back for now on the outside. Contact between Lopez and Sober, but Sober's having none of it. Christopherson is gone. A brilliant win by Johan Christopherson. What was particularly interesting was as soon as I'd switched off the record on this with that interview with Johan, is he said, and also, of course, you know, driver contracts up at the end of this year, new teams, we don't know where we're going to be. So it was really good for me to deliver a win uh, when all that's on the card, which throws up interesting questions about, you know, the driver market for next year. But before we get to that, uh, I've got Hal next to me, Hal, who, Hal Ridge, who's probably the most knowledgeable man in the entire paddock about rallycross. Geek. <laughs> so, so, Hal, first up... Um, Barcelona next, do you think Johan is in a position that he can just step back into that car and deliver the same pace and win again? I think the conditions were on his side today as we sit here on Sunday night in, in France. He excels in these really difficult, slippery conditions when there isn't a lot of grip across the whole circuit. Um, whether he can do that again in, in Spain, I think he can. Last year was his, his first full campaign, so... He, has, he is drawing on the knowledge he gained last year and he's a quick learner, he's got lots of experience in loads of different disciplines and he'll be strong, yeah. He seemed pretty confident, you know, as I said earlier, I spoke to him after the presser and with the track drying up, he's, you know when you get the feeling that a driver's got some confidence in the car, so I mean, I'd be interested to see if they really have found something. Did you notice the thing with the engine note as well at the I start? Did. Yeah. Johan there talked to me a little bit about, you know, potential driver market, where he could be next year. Um, that's already been sort of thrown up relatively early in the season by Renis Nittis. Explain what's happened, Hal, why you think it's happened and, and what it means for him. Well, Reines has made the decision to, to part ways with Rennie Munich's all-in-call Munich Motorsport team. 
Uh, they're doing that after this weekend, although they announced before. So it was quite an interesting d dynamic in that team this weekend. A departing driver didn't feel as comfortable as he had done previously. And then they go and turn in the best result of the season so far. So that's interesting in itself. For Spain, next time out, he's driving a, an OMSE Ford Fiesta. But really, that's gearing him up towards his home round of the championship, the first time we go to Latvia. He's yet to announce what car he's going to drive there, but I would think that he's doing Spain to try and gain as much experience of a different car as he can, regardless of what he drives at his home event. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. He's, he wants to do well at home. You know, this is this is a little bit like Solberg and Backerud from Norway. You know, Nitish was the only Latvian in the World Rallycross Championship. Baumannis then won the Super 1600s. He's upper as well. Baumannis and Timas Janov this year, for me, have got two of the best cars on the grid. You know, the, the Team Austria car's mega, and one of them's going to string it together and absolutely smash it. You know, Tim has come very close a couple of times. So, you know, Nitish will, will want you know, to go head-to-head -head with Balmanis. They're the two Latvians. They're going to be at home. It's like Loeb here in France. They're going to want to absolutely kill it in Riga. Talking of a team in development, but performing much better, uh, Hoonigan Racing Division. Um, they've done pretty well. I mean, this this we're about to speak to Ken Block in this podcast shortly, but um, I think they're the only the only team that had two cars in the final today, which speaks volume for, volumes for a car that hasn't been tested and is, in quotes, in its development year. Well, they have a third car. They've made no secret about the fact they've been building a test car, or M Sport have built a test car, which is here actually in, in France, and they're going to start testing tomorrow. Um, so far this year, they did a shakedown on an airfield near M Sport's base just before the first round. They then went to Lusada in Portugal in terribly wet conditions and did very, very basic installation running. And since they've done one day at Lydon Hill, which was partially hampered by rain, so... It's amazing, really. The, the OMSC team, Peugeot, Hansen, Volkswagen have done lots and lots of testing. The Hoonigan car hasn't done any mileage, really, of any significance outside of race weekends. So it, the progress they could make now could be staggering. Quite worrying for the other teams. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if, that, if the results of the test are good, then three events in five weeks, they could just ramp up their challenge. I love this team. They're really open. They're really friendly. You know, I go and see Derek Dauncey, the team boss. Like, Derek, what's new? And he just tells me what's new. He tells me what's going on and what, what's not going on. You know, what the plan is. We're going to put development parts on this test car. You know, Ken, I think, looked really comfortable in the car this weekend. You can see a difference in his driving style to backwards. Maybe they can dial it in even more for him. But a, a, a fantastic addition to the paddock. I, I'm really glad they're here. Talking about how friendly and welcoming they are, uh, the Hoonigan in chief himself, Ken Block, uh, invited me to have a little chat with him, and here it is. So, Ken, I'm sitting here at the back of Hoonigan Racing Division. Uh, the sun is starting to set here in Loyette, France. It's not raining, which is good, because it was raining this morning. And I'm watching your crew taking your car fully apart. I mean, not just you know, tidying it up for the trip to Barcelona. They are stripping it. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, well, some idiot hit a wall today. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that idiot was me. Uh, and that happened on the last lap. I, I just, I was pushing really hard. I, I was kind of in a never-say-die moment. And uh, Petter and uh, Sebastian were fighting right in front of me. And, and I kind of saw that, you know, with them kind of banging around that I might have uh, an opportunity in the last couple corners of the race, so I threw my car into one of the fastest corners after the, after the after the hairpin, and it just ended up getting more grip than I had been getting in the uh, past couple laps. And I clipped the inside barrier, and it sent me spinning into the outside barrier. So, car took a little bit of damage on the shell, so we want to send it back to M Sport and, uh, and get it completely straightened and ready for Barcelona. So. 
it isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that there's a couple pieces on there that just need to be straightened back at the home office. Yeah, it does look a little bit skew-if, as we say in the UK. Um, but, you know, first of all, who can blame you for uh, looking for an opportunity when you've got such a show as uh, Solberg and Loeb in front of you fighting it? But, and also, let's not forget that you were in that position because you were in the final. Let's get to that. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. You know, this, as you've said many times, a development year, no expectations, but of course you're a racer, you're an, you have expectations. So what did it mean to you to get into the final here at Loyak? Yeah, it just felt actually really good. It, uh, in Canada, I had better pace, and here I had really good pace. And, you know, for Andreas to finish uh, third in qualifying and me fourth in qualifying was uh, really the best team result uh, we've had this year, and it's actually my best qualifying result ever in in this series. Congratulations! Because I, uh, you know, I I did two races with the Fiesta in 2014, uh, you know, so that felt good because new tracks, but you know, a car I was very f- familiar with, uh, and then this year it's been all new tracks mostly, except for Norway in here, and uh, and a brand new car that really drives quite differently than my Fiesta. So mm-hmm. it's been a bit of a struggle for me this year. I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, learning new tracks and learning a whole new car, but the whole new car bit's what's really thrown me off. It just drives so different uh, than my old car. So I'm finally coming to grips with it. I'm getting more confident with it. And I was able to pass Sebastian Loeb today in the wet with it because <laughs> I understand now how to make this thing go quick. And it's it's a weird thing to say and talk about that, but it it's just what everything that used to work for me for the Fiesta just doesn't work for this car. So it's a whole subconscious set of learning that I've got to build in my mind of when and how and what to do with the car. And, and in the beginning, I just kept doing everything basically wrong because I just was using my instincts that came from the Fiesta. Uh, but now it's, like it's coming a lot more natural to drive this car and it's just feeling a lot better. So really stoked to actually be in the final today and, and to be able to, you know, uh, win a couple of the qualifying races and finish fourth in qualifying just felt uh, really quite good. Yeah, it was great to watch you driving out there because it, it looked, you were quick in Canada, but it looked today and yesterday like actually, wow, this is a this is a driver in a car that's in contention. It's competitive all the way through. And you must have had a little woohoo moment when you uh, overtook Loeb in the wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that, anytime you get around Sebastian Loeb, you're actually able to pass him. I mean, that's, that's a win for me. <laughs> I mean, we're all very, you know, big competitors out here, but you know, I, I still respect that man for the, the, what he did in, in stage rally. And obviously this is totally different from stage rally, but uh, but really to be out there and racing with Seb and be able to put a pass on him in slick conditions was something that I was pretty proud of today. Of course, he got me back later in the day and we had some uh, we had some good contact uh, there in the semi. But, you know, uh, to me, that was that was all good racing incidents. And going into the final, we both looked at each other and just smiled and shrugged. You know, we we both know that it was, you know, just good hard racing and neither one of us tried to take each other out. Uh, but you know it, it is what it is, and we had a really pretty wild final day. So I hope all the fans fans enjoyed that. I you know wish I'd ended up a little better, but you know it was close right there all the way to the last lap. So that was a lot of fun for all of us as drivers. And of course, next time we go to another rally heartland, which is uh, Catalonia, where they've been rallying up in those mountains for for decades. And um, I imagine the fans. There'll be a lot more fans there this year than the, the first event last year, and it's 
it's going to be a great battle because you're you know you're up to pay as long as as long as this car's <laughs> fixed back at M Sport, you know you'll be up to speed. And I think you're testing in between as well. You know the car will get fixed. We'll have it ready for the next event, but we are testing here in France for the next three days. So it's the first real major test that we've had. We've had some small tests. And of course, we had some really small tests right before the season started. But really, in the big scheme of things, like this car just has not had that much testing. We've basically done it all in the races, which is really, really quite difficult. But, you know, we've we've had some mechanicals and those have kind of gone away. We figured out, you know, the weak links to this car and, and corrected that. And, uh, you know, the M Sport and Ford Performance is really put together just such a competitive package for us that now that we can actually spend some time testing and really developing a bit more I think we'll get even more competitive so really stoked to be back here at uh, this track tomorrow and then we move on to two other tracks or no one other track for two more days this week uh, but yeah it'll be nice to actually start developing and testing some of the things on the car because we just haven't been able to say okay well let's try this and see what it does let's try this because the problem is is when we only have eight to 12 laps of practice at an event and then it's straight into qualifying we really can't experiment very much because even if i blow one start which has happened several times this year you know by trying different things with the start procedure well you know that that can mean a bad qualify qualification which ruins a race so yeah so we're working on a testing plan to get ready for next year try and get us a bit more speed this year but really the end goal is with this being development year is the next two years 2017 2018 is really our much bigger push for drivers championship and team championship yeah, but considering you went into the final uh, P2 and P4, if you're testing this week here in France, I'd say watch out the rest of the paddock for the rest of the season. I've just seen them take your your seat out of the car. There's not much left inside. It's just a shell. Ken, I'll let you go and enjoy your uh, Sunday evening with your family, but thanks again. It's great to well, see you. Well, thanks for having me on. The Solberg's up the inside of it. Christophs and away. Solberg's going to try and pass backward. Backward out on the outside. Look at the difference between Solberg and backward through that corner too. Solberg absolutely sideways. Solberg into turn two. Backward's going to try and get the under on him down the straight you can see the difference in the style and now again Solberg's up the inside this time Backer manages the pass what's really nice Petter is that we're here at the back of your paddock area the team are all gathering for dinner you look exhausted but you've just been in meetings you've been meeting the fans it's a big part of why you're here that it's a family atmosphere and you spend time with the fans isn't it it's important to you yeah, definitely. You know, it's the main thing for me is that the team are enjoying. They love to be here and and work for uh, for uh, for winning. You know, and uh, but obviously this is a very special event for us after what's happened in Canada. You know, so this is not a normal thing. So the guys are very tired. I'm exhausted to be honest with you. I'm very tired, and after that, same time with the final. You know, it was so hard driving. So I. It's almost like I, uh, not giving up, but uh, I was thinking this was this is too much, you know. Yeah. So we are very happy with fourth. Uh, even everybody wanted podium, uh, but still, it's a good result, you know. So I mean, it's nearly it's nearly a miracle that the car was rebuilt after what happened in Canada, and you took a very heavy impact. I mean, have you been struggling a little bit physically? this weekend or are you fully fit no no I'm not fully fit but uh, I think uh, 
you know, I haven't been get training so much, you know, so I, I was not in top form this weekend. And at the same time, I haven't written so many autographs as I maybe should have done normally and uh, been laying down a lot between the heats. So I think everybody have done their best. But for next race, we will be we will be fit. The car will be better. You know, we saw that was small, small details also with the car that was not not perfect either after the accident. With it's details, but it's enough to lose a victory in the first heat or third heat today. And and uh, I think uh, it's just been a big, big fight. And and uh, and get some good massage from Pernilla. You know, so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think for me, not only is one of the key headlines that you're still leading the championship at the end of the weekend, but to watch the way that you tackled the second of your two jokers mm. um, when you had to take the, the penalty double joker was like it's like a miracle. Also, I think it was in heat f heat three. I think when someone Rainus maybe nearly put you in the wall and you all, you made the car disappear. Mm. There's moments where you can appear to do something that seems physically impossible. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to be in situations to to, to, to tackle it, you know. But uh, obviously, you know, even people say after that uh, uh, that uh, jump start I took, you know, that people, even people thinks that ah, he did it with purpose. And which idiot do a jump start and take a risk on that? You know, it's just incredible how people thinking, you know, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> It's strange, you know, about miracles, you know, it would have been a good miracle if we could win the race today or, or a podium, but uh, maybe I was, uh, was a little bit, um, could have maybe taken more risks, cut the corners more, but I was afraid of punctures and mm -hmm. maybe a little bit chicken today, I must say, you know. I, uh, you looked stressed. When I saw you before the final, you looked like almost beaten, like physically, you, you had a, the weight of the world on your shoulders. Yeah. It's it's called tiredness, you know. <laughs> it's it's that's that's it. And what you needed was a really easy final like Johan had, but what you actually got was a battle from start to finish, Incredible. door to door, non-stop for the whole race. Yeah, ah, I was hard, you know, and uh, well, I lost the fight basically, and uh, with uh, Bakker and and also Loeb. So, but still, I came to the finish line, and I think that's very important, and and. Uh, yeah, it could have happened much more by stopping, you know, but uh, a little bit luck also for, for for all of them, you know. So <laughs> but that's how it is. But I uh, still think that uh, consistency and drive smart and and try to do less mistakes as possible, you know, can be possible to win the championship again, you know, this year. Well, look, I'll leave you to your team and your dinner and your son and your wife and your massage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in Spain. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Backwards gonna maybe go up the inside. Nitish, it's not gonna be the last time we'll see him. He's gonna win the final. Sebastian Loeb up the inside of Ken Block. In every sense of the word, you're so hot right now. I can tell you that Petter was just, just, he was so tired. He was sitting there talking to me and he, I know I'm boring, but he was nearly falling asleep. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> chapeau to him. Um, so, uh, all three of you, uh, Hal, Andrew and Andrew, uh, championship thoughts. Uh, obviously, Petter's taken the lead. What are we thinking? I'm kind of thinking 
not quite capitalised on. You know, it's similar to Canada. Only a t- we're talking tiny margins here. There aren't that big a point differences when you're both in the semis of the final. You know, Canada, it didn't go his way in the final for Petra. And then here again, you know, he came here, I think, with a four-point lead. Then it was equal at the end of the of the qualification stages. Goes away with a five-point lead. You just can't shake these two guys off. They both keep performing there or thereabouts. And that means that this is, this is going to go down to the wire. But that will depend, of course, on whether or not Matthias is able to make it to all the rounds. Yeah, obviously at the minute he's got a clash, hasn't he? He's got a clash with Estering with with DTM, and I'm sure it's a tricky one for him because DTM's the day job. You know, that's what he's employed to do as his full-time job, and he's very successful at it. But if he's in with a chance of winning a world championship for Audi, that's obviously a discussion I'm sure they're having, or or they will they will certainly be having. I, I I think it's still possible to win if he misses that event. If he doesn't. I think it will go down to the wire with how close it's been. Um, and I, I personally think Ekstrom would sneak it in a, in a straight fight at the end of the year. So we know at the moment at the top of the tree is Solberg Ekstrom, but it's not a two-horse race. This is an incredibly unpredictable sport. So as briefly as possible, all three of you, just give me an idea of who else you know, could spring out. Who could, who could throw them off the rails? I think they've kind of got... It, they, you, you're almost looking for them to have a problem, but with three events in five weeks, which I know I keep banging on about, this is a very short turnaround between events. Yeah, look at the shunt Timmer had here. That chassis is a write-off. You know, they, what are they going to do to get a car ready for Barcelona? It starts in 12 days' time. So, you know, it, it, any, any of, anything like that could throw it off. Other than that, Christopherson and Backward, they're right there. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of hoping... I don't, I like Petra and Matthias, maybe to have a couple of average weekends and, and the others to start to catch up. Maybe we can go to Argentina with four cars in the fight. I think, really, I think Loeb could come into this. You know, he just quietly goes about and he has done from the start of the season. He's had podiums, but he's he's flown under the radar a little bit, just, just got on with it. Hasn't had too much fuss, hasn't had too many, you know, spectacular or bad ones, but keeps racking at the points. So, yeah, I think, as, as Andrew says, it's going to take, something to happen for the top to the top two for for others to seriously come into contention but that could happen you know you, you could have a few non-finishes and, and straight away that there's five guys up for it so um it's going to be an interesting and as, as andrew said with with the tight turnarounds over the next few weeks that's going to add another bit of pressure to the team to the drivers to, to make sure reliability is on point speaking of Loeb and his teammate timmy hansen you know the peugeot has traditionally over the last few years been stronger at the end of the season hasn't it so i think this could have been a turning point for for Loeb's rallycross um, driving uh, experience and what he can do in the, in the coming events. But personally, in the last few races, regardless of what happens in the championship, I would love Timmer to have a, a win. You know, he, Me too. He's been... People who have only watched this since it was a world championship but would never saw him as it, the double European supercar champion he was. And on his day, he was absolutely untouchable. We've seen bits of that this year, particularly in Norway, and I would love to see him get a win. Well, thank you all for tuning in, downloading this first official FIA World Rallycross Championship podcast. Before we go, of course, we'd love you to interact with us anyway using the hashtag WorldRX across all social media. But Andrew Collier, I think you had a particular call to action for our lovely listeners. Yeah, I do. You know, we, we've done RX Tech before where people have been able to ask their technical questions. You know, we're happy to carry on with that, do our little videos for you online. We want you guys to engage with the championship. So what do you want to know? 
who do you want to talk to? We're happy to go and ask the questions. There are some questions we can't ask. If you want to send a question in, I'll ask it in your name, then I don't get in trouble. <laughs> so if you've got any questions, by all means, send them in. Seriously, you know, send your questions in. Hashtags WorldRx. We're on all the social medias. We've got a fantastic guy called Luke who will be sitting there at his computer at midnight with tons of questions coming in. So give us a shout. Yeah, if you want to get Andrew Coley fired, get him to ask a very difficult, rude question. That's fine, actually, because you may have noticed that it's Neil Cole that's done all the interviews for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, make sure you follow us across all social media. And don't forget, if you've missed any of the shows, especially the very good new for 2016 Euro RX shows, then go to youtube.com slash rallycrossrxtv. Next round, Barcelona, Circuit de Catalunya, 16th, 17th of September. It's going to be amazing. We'll see you and hear you there.